Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 28th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. We are in part 20 already, so we've been teaching on this for a month, and we're looking at the parable of the sower. This is what I call the mother of all parables. And today we're going to talk about something that I know a lot of people don't like to talk about. People get funny when you talk about money, but we're going to talk about money today. Say this, say God is my source. Say, say God is my source and believe it. You got to say God is my source. And I believe that God is my source. I believe that God stored up everything I would ever need to accomplish my divine assignment. God sent me to this planet when he did, where he did, because of why he did. God is a completely purposeful God. And so I can enter into God's rest concerning God's provision. God gives me the vision because the provision is already stored up. God is a planner. So he would never give me the vision for something that the provision is not already there. And so I can enter into God's rest where money is concerned. I don't have to pursue money. I pursue God and God sees to it that things pursue me. Put in the chat, money is not my master. God is my master. Money is my servant. It's not my master. Let's talk about money today. You ready? Get ready to receive. All right. So before we get into the message for this morning, listen, God gave us a lot already. Uh, I mean, God gave me a lot as far as the download for this morning. So I really need to get to it so I can release all the things that God has already given unto me. Before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four is a scripture that we've been looking at all year. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory and may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. I believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. If you have any area of your life that dried up in this season, God is going to drench you again. Say amen to that. Say, Lord, do it again. So we've been looking at the mother of all parables. Let's jump straight into it because I have a lot to share with you this morning. Mark chapter four, verses 13 through 20. This is Jesus's explanation of the parable of the sower because his team came to him and said, Jesus, we know you be telling these stories and you say, he that has an ear, let him hear. And some people don't understand it. Guess what? We're your staff and we don't understand it. Can you explain it to us? He said, okay, well, the farmer's like somebody who takes the word of God, the seed, and, and plants it amongst the soil, the soil is people. The farmer is God. Sometimes the seed falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but they do not understand it. And because their understanding is unfruitful, they are susceptible to Satan. And Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like seed that's planted amongst the rocky ground. Uh Oh, these are the people that hear the teaching and they quickly and gladly accept it. However, they do not allow the teaching to go deep into their lives. They give God surface level Christianity. As a result, what happens? As soon as persecution comes, the trouble comes, that's drawn by the power of the word, these people are quick to give up. Now, other people like to sleep the seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the teaching, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. They go to church on Sunday because they want to say they went to church on Sunday, but their, their life is not about God. Their life is about themselves and their life has become full of other things. Jesus said, well, here's some other things. The love of money, um, the cares of this world, and selfish desires. And so now what they have is their life is full of that stuff. And I've already talked about the cares of this world, 
I've already, and now I'm talking about the love of money, and then I'll talk about being selfish as well. All of that stuff chokes out the word and doesn't allow the word to work. And then some people are like, good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Well, when you're good ground, what happens? Well, you allow the word to do what it does. You give it the space that it needs, and it produces a harvest, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. So in this, you know, what not to do, the love of money is in there. And Jesus taught that the love of money competes against the word of God. The love of money competes against the word of God. The title of today's message, I don't even think I gave it to you, is living free from the love of money. Put this in the chat. I live free from the love of money. I'm not going to pursue money. I, I don't love money. I love God. And, and God, God can give us money because money is a tool. The Bible says down, down here in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says that money answers all things. In this world, for you to get things done, you need money, right? But you shouldn't be pursuing money. I'm about to go to the Dominican Republic. We're going to give out backpacks this year. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on at the school. We just painted the basketball court. All of that stuff takes money. In this world, money answers all things. But you shouldn't pursue money. You pursue God. You shouldn't have a love for money. You should have a love for God. And so if you have a love for money, it becomes... Uh, something that Jesus explains in your heart is going to choke out the word. And so it's it's a weed. And so you're either going to feed the word or you're going to feed the weeds. As a believer, we choose to feed the word. You got it? So if I'm going to talk about money, I should probably get some advice, some wisdom, some insight from somebody who has some money. <laughs> and so Solomon was ultra rich. He Think about uh, Jeff Bezos right now or Elon Musk, and, and probably those combined couldn't even match what uh, King Solomon had. King Solomon was the richest man on the planet, and some believe he was the richest man to ever live. And so let's see what he said about money. money. Proverbs, and oh, by the way, God made him rich. Proverbs chapter 23, verses four and five. This is what Solomon said. Be wise not to wear yourself out trying to get rich. Oh, snap. That's pretty, that's pretty good insight, right? Be wise. I know people in my family that wear themselves out trying to get rich. Your money can be gone in a flash as if it had grown wings and flown away like the eagle. See, God doesn't have an issue with money. God has made all kinds of people rich. The, the issue God has is if money has you, especially when money becomes the underlying motivation for your life. Put in the chat, money is not my motivation. If money becomes the underlying motivation for your life, now you have a problem because it's a weed and the weed is going to choke out the word. Some have ruined their, their marriages their relationships, their children, and their health, chasing that paper, chasing that almighty dollar. I know people, some of them, unfortunately, in my own family, where money is their motivation and everything they do is about money. And so what's crazy is when, when, when you don't make your life about money, God is free to give you money. And, and when, when you know that money doesn't, you can have money. Let me say it this way. Put this in the chat. I can have money because money doesn't have me. And so when, you, when you're okay with uh, being a conduit of kingdom finance, or put that in the chat, I am a conduit of kingdom finance. I'm okay with being the channel through which money can flow. And as long as the money is flowing and money is not my motivation and money doesn't have me, then God can give me lots of money because I'm not going to allow money to become my master. All right. So what does this mean for you today? I've set it all up. I have a lot of things to share. Let's see if I can get through all this. You ready? Number one. For the word of God to work in your life, Jesus is explaining that in your heart, you got to learn how to rest so that the word can work. And one of the areas of rest 
where you have to learn how to rest is rest where money is concerned. So if you take on the cares of this world where money is concerned, then now you have a problem that is going to choke out the word. So for you to rest, you got to know that there are some things that are settled in heaven. And these things that are settled in heaven also have to be settled in my heart. Well, one of the things that's settled in heaven is my provision. Put that in the chat. My provision is settled in heaven. God is not saying, oh my God, I told Susie or Sally or Jim to go do this thing. Where are we going to get the money? No, that's settled in heaven, right? But the issue has to be settled in your heart. Say, I'm settled. I'm set, I am settled in my heart where money is concerned. God is my source. I'm never going to be in lack. Put it, say, say this out loud. I lack nothing. Number two, to unlock your, your maximum purpose and potential, you got to enter into God's rest concerning God's provision for your life in the area of your finances. Once you enter into God's rest concerning money, then fear, doubt, and unbelief concerning money have no power over you. What you want is you want to be fear, worry, and stress-free concerning money. Don't you want that? Like money is not an issue. Say that. Say that out loud. Say God is my source and money is not an issue for me. You should not be worrying about money. God is your source. And when you do it the right way and you become a, a conduit of kingdom finance, the more you give, the more God gives to you. Let me just slide this in. Not part of my notes, but let me just say this real quick. People come to me, oh, Brother Pena, can you pray for my business? Or can you pray for us? We need this money right now. Cool. I will pray. But let me ask you, if the money comes in, how much of that money goes out? If none of the money that God places in your hands goes into his kingdom, then why would God be motivated to give you money? Just think about that for a minute. If you are not funding any of God's projects, then why are you asking him for money? You're asking him for money for you, for selfish desires. Okay, I'll just let that marinate right there. All right, number three, if, you, if I allow worry, fear, doubt, and unbelief to enter into my heart concerning money, I am hindering my faith. This is what Jesus is explaining. The love of money will choke out the word. I am creating a blessing blocker in my life, in my heart. And what I want is my heart to be free of blessing blockers so that the blessing can flow. You have to settle, you have to rest, you have to be at peace in the fact that God's provision for you is already stored up. You got to have this thing settled in your heart. Number four, it is crucial to reach a point where I am fully persuaded that God is my ultimate source. Say, God is my source. I must understand that everything that I need for my divine assignment has already been provided by God. Everything that I need for my divine assignment has already been stored up. So when I trust in God, I have to trust in God's abundance. God has more than enough, right? And so what I'm doing is I'm seeking God concerning how do I position myself to just walk in his grace so that I can walk in his abundance. God is a God of abundance. And at that point, the money will never get a grip on my heart because I know that money is my servant, is not my master. Money makes an excellent servant. Money makes a poor master. So I can have money because money doesn't have me. If I ever get to the point though, where I have the wrong perspective concerning money, now God can't give me the money because money will have me. I'm going to explain further. Number five, Solomon gives us wisdom concerning this. He says, you know what? There are people that are out there getting exhausted. There are people that are out there running their lives to the ground. There are people that are out there ruining their health all for the pursuit of money. 
And what they do, and this is why, unfortunately, this is a very sad thing, what I'm about to say. This is why you have a rich person or a famous person that gets to whatever they were pursuing. And once they have it, they still have an emptiness because what they, they thought that that thing was going to make them happy. They thought that that thing was going to make them fulfilled. And no, God makes you fulfilled. And when they finally get the thing and they still have the emptiness, they commit suicide and, and, and or they, they attempt suicide. And so what's happening is that they have their priorities out of whack. They are pursuing stuff instead of pursuing God. And see, when you pursue God, God can ensure that all of your financial needs will be met even more, right? Plus more. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says, God will meet all your needs plus more. I mean, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you would always have all sufficiency in all things at all times, be able to meet the needs of every financial situation and give unto every good and charitable work. God, God will give you plus more. God is a plus more God, right? He doesn't have a problem with the plus more, with the overflow, but God has a problem when that stuff has you. So what you got to check your heart concerning money. Number six, while there's nothing wrong with desiring wealth and success. Let me pause right here for a minute. For whatever reason, the church, many people in the church have vilified money as if, oh, you know, those wealthy people, they go into hell. Now, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but the Lord made many, many, many people rich and he still does today. So there's nothing wrong with desiring wealth and success. You just got to guard your heart concerning money and make sure that you don't have a love for money and that money has not become your master. So the pursuit of money should never overshadow the pursuit of God. The pursuit of money should never overshadow the pursuit of your purpose. And so at the end of the day, as long as your priorities are in order, God can give you lots of money because he actually needs people to fund his projects around the world. And so if you're open to that, put in the chat, say it out loud, say, Lord, let money be part of my ministry. And so God can give you money with a mission. Put that in the chat. God can give you prosperity with a purpose. Put that in the chat. And so it's okay. God can make money part of your ministry. There are people that God, a uh, matter of fact, Jay Santiago is watching. Uh, Jay and I, uh, we know somebody uh, that, you know, that I used to work for, he works for now, where money is part of his mission. Money is part of his ministry. And so, so, so God can give you money with a mission. God can give you prosperity with a purpose. And so there's nothing wrong with that, just as long as the money doesn't have you. So number seven, maintaining a godly perspective concerning money is essential. Money is a valuable tool, but it should never control. It should never dictate your life. You should never prioritize money above the things of God. You should never be one of those people that you're chasing money, 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 money. Now you have all this money. And you get somebody like me, Rick Pena gets on here and be like, hey, we're doing a back to school drive in the Dominican Republic. Here's the link if you want to give. And, and it's like, man, I ain't going to give that dude my money. They're just trying to steal my money. <laughs> oh, my God. Obviously, you have no concept of how the kingdom works, right? And so at the end of the day, let me just use that as an example. We're going to give out backpacks. That project is already blessed, right? I'm not, I don't need your money. God, God, we're good. But if you want to get in on the blessing, because the project is already blessed, if you want to get in on it, you go to ripministries.org and you donate, right? And so you're just getting in on the blessing. Like, so now in heaven, you're part of that, that the grace that's on that project is attributed to your account. Now, the fact that it's going to take place with or without you 
It, it, it's just a God thing. Like God's perspective is like, hey, if you want to get in on it, get in on it. If not, no one monkey is going to stop God's show. And so at the end of the day, God is going to do what God is going to do. I just want to get in on the blessing. And so when you give, you're just getting in on the blessing. You, you know what I'm saying? You're not. And so, so I'm not trying to get you to give out of compulsion, out of necessity. No, God loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in their giving. So when we prioritize God and his kingdom and his blessing, then watch this. Then now Matthew 6 and 33, I'm not chasing stuff. I'm chasing God. And God can see to it that stuff chases me. Say amen to that. Number eight, true prosperity is found in resting in God resting in God's divine assignment for our lives. We got to find true prosperity. We can have a peace in knowing that I'm at peace concerning who I am. I know who I am. I know what, what God has called me to do. I know what God has called us, uh, who God has called us to be. And everything we need, you say to your spouse, babe, everything we need has already been stored up. And so now we get to live the grace life. We're not taking on stress or concern or fear or doubt or money or unbelief. God says, hey, give this. You're in church and, and the Lord puts it on your heart. Babe, how much do you want to give? Uh, and, and they come up with an amount. And then ooh, you're like, whoa, Lord. And God says, yeah, I want you to give that. And it's like, ooh. And, okay, so now why, why, where'd you get the ooh from? You're saying now you have a fear of running out and you should have faith in running over. Do you think God is going to be in debt to you? If God tells you to give, don't you know that he's going to, the more you give, the more he gives to you. And so it was like, hey, this is going to be a great testimony. Let's give on another level. I don't know about you. Okay, this is, I'm about to go to number nine. This is not part of my notes, but let me just say this. You should have financial goals to give. Like you, Just like you have goals in other areas, you and your spouse should come together and say, babe, how much do we want to give this year? The more you give, how much do we want to fund kingdom projects around the world? How much do we want to be involved in what God is doing? How much do we want? We want to get to heaven and know that we were part of a lot of stuff. Lord, what do you want us to be part of? Like what projects? Who do you want us to sow into? Oh my God, this is exciting. Okay. So you want to be like that concerning money. Not like, oh, let me hoard it because I, no, it's not about you. And, and let me just say something about stuff. If you like cars, God can give you 10, right? So it's not about that, but you should never love that stuff. You're not pursuing stuff. You're pursuing God. God will pursue you. All right. So when you enter into God's rest concerning money, you get to live the grace life. And so you take on no pressure to perform. Number nine, last point, And I'm going to break down this point. This will be the last thing I tell you for today. Everything you need for your divine assignment is already stored up. Let me explain. Say this. Say everything I need is already stored up. So God filled up your storehouse. There's a storehouse in heaven with your name on it. And everything that you need for your assignment is already stored up. Your job now is to find, follow, and finish your divine purpose before you die. Discover it, develop in it, deploy into it, and get it done before you die, right? So when you discover what God has called you to do, and you start walking in your divine purpose, you know what you need. You're going to know what you need. And since you know what you need, you already know what, that it's already stored up. Like in the Dominican Republic, we needed you know, money for paint. Okay, so that's already stored up. We need backpacks coming up. That's already stored up. When we need to buy food every month, we get, we feed you know 180 kids every day. So that's a lot of food. But since we need that, and I know it's part of the purpose, the money's already there. It's already stored up. And so now what you do, if you believe that it's already stored up, now you pray in faith, without a doubt, without wavering, knowing that I'm praying to God the prayers that he already prayed over me. I believe that God already stored it up. And so now I'm praying in faith, without a doubt, knowing that it's already mine. However, when I'm praying for something that God didn't already give me, uh-oh, 
So now what I'm doing, James said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Now you're asking for stuff that God didn't come up for you with, uh, you know, for you, you came up for you. And so now these are things that were birthed in your heart and not in God's heart. And so when you're asking for stuff that are selfish desires, now James said, no, you ask, you're not going to get that because God didn't store it up for you. And so you're asking for something that's not yours. Uh, uh, First John 5, the apostle John explained it this way. Let me take my time on this. First John 5, verses 14 and 15. He says, this is from the Amplified. This is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in him. We are sure that if we ask for anything, make any request in accordance with his will, in agreement with his own plan, then God hears us. And since we know that he positively hears us, he listens to us for whatever we ask, that was in accordance with his will, we also know, watch this, with settled and absolute knowledge that we already have it. We we have it now granted to us as our present possessions, the things that we have requested of him. So let me explain as I close. God called you to do something, whatever that is. And that is your divine purpose. Along with your divine purpose, God already stored up everything that you would ever need to get it done. That includes the money that you're going to need. So if you ask for the wrong things, then God can't release it to you because it wasn't stored up for you. There's a storehouse already stored up. Everything you need for your assignment already stored up. But when you ask for the wrong thing, God can't release it because it's not yours. And this is why you can't covet what other people have. Oh God, you gave it to Susie. You gave it to Sally. Give it to me. No, that was for Susie. That was for Sally. You got your own storehouse. You have things that you need because you're not Susie or Sally. So stop asking for what you need to run your own race. So if you ask for the right things, uh uh-oh, but when I ask for the right things, now God can release it to me. But if what, let me say this though, if I ask for the right things, but then I ask for it the wrong way, if I ask for the right things, but I have the wrong motives, if I ask for the right, the right things, but, but I have a love for money in my heart, God still won't release it because God knows at that point, if I give him the thing, then he's going to, he's going to hold on to the thing and walk away from the God who gave him the thing. So, so some people don't receive because they ask for the wrong thing. Some people don't receive because they, they ask for the right thing, but they ask for the right thing with the wrong motives. But, but at the end of the day, when you come to God and you be like, no, 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 Lord, I'm asking for the right thing the right way. All I want is what you want for me. I don't want anything else but what you want for me. All I want is what you want. I believe that you already stored up this thing. Now, I believe that you already prayed some prayers over me. I believe that this is part of my storehouse. I believe that this is part of my assignment. So now, Father, I'm going to pray to you the prayers that you already prayed over me. And Father, I believe I receive it. I believe that it's already done. I believe that it's already mine. Now, I do know it might take some time. It will be a matter of time before it manifests in my life. But everything I need has already been stored up for me. I'm going to walk in divine provision. I'm going to walk in divine abundance and overflow. Father, you can trust me with overflow. You can give me money because money does not have me. I'm never going to allow stuff. I'm gonna never going to allow the things of this world to get a grip of my heart. And so, yes, you made many people rich. You can make me rich. You can give me success. You can trust me with this. You can trust me with that. Just know that I'm going to take anything you give me and put it right back in your hands and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with it? And I'm, I'm here and I'm not going to allow the love of money to choke out the word. And I'm going to be a conduit of kingdom finance. And so, so I'm going to do whatever you call me to do, however you call me to do it, knowing that it's already done and it's already stored up in the church said amen. Say amen to that. Praise God. I was preaching this morning. Listen, here's the, the, the good news as I close. God, What God has to offer you is greater than money. 
but it doesn't exclude money. Don't, for whatever reason, people have vilified money. You got to stop vilifying money. Say this, say, I lack nothing. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. My heart is at rest concerning your word and your provision. I prioritize you, Father, above the love of money and above everything else. I am fully persuaded that you are my source. I trust in your abundance, and I know you've already provided everything I would ever need. I refuse to wear myself out chasing money, and I understand the dangers of making money my motivation. So I maintain a godly perspective concerning money. Money is my servant, not my master. I enjoy total life prosperity, which extends beyond financial wealth. It also includes peace and grace and love and joy. I'm not sure I understand. I rest in your plans for my life, Father. I believe what you believe about me. I believe it's already done. And I know you will release your provision at just the right time. I'm at peace in my heart concerning money so I can boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, man, you should have got the notes for today. The notes for today are so good. And you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And let me just say this because I already mentioned it. I haven't put the fund up there yet for the back to school drive this year. If you want to give, just go to today, uh, ripministries.org and donate. All the donations that you make right now are going to go towards the back to school drive. Uh, later on today, I'm going to put a, a fund up there, say back to school drive 2023. But if you want to give towards that, just give, put general fund, and we'll put it towards the back to school drive. It's going to happen no matter what. If you want to get in on it, go to ripministries.org and click donate. I love you. God loves you too. Have an amazing day. The best is yet to come. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.